y'all, this is Betsy Orton with the Dickey Foundation, and you're listening to Dickey's Doing Good, where we tell good stories about good people doing good things in the community. This week, we've got the second part of my interview with Dallas Police Department Sergeant Arturo Martinez. You've had some really interesting experiences that really have kind of changed changed your path, yeah. uh, whether it's joining the Army or whether it's getting that extra second chance from, yeah. from a white officer, as yeah. you said. Kind of, but you've been helping so many people over your career. Can you tell me about an experience that really kind of touched your heart or one that really changed how you do things? Uh, so, man, individual. So honestly, I believe everything's just kind of a, not a snowball, it's not a totality of circumstances. It's just kind of a, it's just everything just, it's like a Rubik's cube. Everything just kind of fell in place. You know, all of the experiences helped me see everything differently. Like I wouldn't have more liberal viewpoints had it not been for growing up with my friends that were on the other side of the law and believed certain things. I wouldn't have my conservative viewpoints had it not been for my mother always making me go to church and stuff like that. I wouldn't have my patriotic viewpoints had I not gone to the army, had they not helped me get where I need to be. And it just kind of, it's just a Rubik's cube. Everything just kind of falls into place and just kind of shapes you as you are. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be trying to help people had I not ever needed help. You see what I'm saying? Like, I've myself have needed help in the past to get where I'm at today. So therefore, you pay that forward by doing for others as well. So it's just everything just fell in place. As for specific points that put me where I'm at, I mean, it's just it's just the grand catalyst. It's the officer getting me out of trouble. It's joining the army. It's experiencing racism in the army. It's overcoming racism. It's going to DPD. It's coming out and being institutionalized as an officer is having the warrior mindset. And you know, you kind of go through that for about a year and you're like, until you get screwed over by your first officer. And then you're like, wait a minute, what happened to the brotherhood? And you're just like, this isn't how we're supposed to be like <laughs> so then i go back to well it goes back to just like experiencing racism in the army it's like all right well i guess this is in police too i guess the whole back to blue or not back to the time not back to blue but the brotherhood is a fallacy so okay so you just it just keeps building on to each other over and over and over until you until i've arrived to modern day me where i don't know it just kind of happened you know and and one thing about me is i've always been outspoken i've never been the one that's that's the type to afraid to say what i'm gonna say i've always it's it's dangerous in some aspects because it can get me in trouble and it's gotten me in trouble but at the same time it also it allows me to be the kind of person that will stand up for those that won't and can't stand up for themselves you know i've always had a platform because of what i do on the side outside of dpd um i've always had that platform and that voice so why not use it for good you know what i mean well, and, you, and you're you're very yeah. involved with the on, on the board yeah. of the National Latino Law Enforcement Association here yeah. in Dallas. So, kind of talk to me about the work there and kind of the brotherhood and, and really, really brother and sisterhood, familyhood yeah. of, uh, of, of helping there. Okay, so and Leo, um, you know, and Leo has done so much for me, honestly. You know, it's the only association I've ever been a part of, and you know, kind of growing up where I grew up, it's just all I've been around. You know, it's always been Chicanos and lowriders and. Hispanics and Latinos. We were never either one of those. You were Mexican. Like, and then you, you grow up and you're like, well, not everybody's Mexican. You know, you got Puerto Ricans, Dominicans, Cubans, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, you just learn. But being in that organization has really helped me mold because 
the organization is really it's still it's still young it's very young latinos in general so we got to kind of bring it back a little bit latinos in general a lot of us are first generation okay we're barely breaking into second generation these last few years were the first ones to start getting degrees and these next few years will be the first ones to start getting masters like we are so generationally behind it it shows in all facets of life you know you've got a city that's 50 percent hispanic but the council and the government in general is like 15 20 hispanic because not because we're not uneducated but because we don't have pieces of paper you know it's because we don't have those connections yet because we we just learned english 18 years ago not because we haven't been around for two three hundred years is because institutionally speaking we're still babies as hispanics we were we, we were barely identified as hispanics as a whole when i think was it nixon when he invented quote unquote invented the term hispanic due to a census issue because you couldn't put us under white you couldn't put us under black so what do you what do they identify as what do these spanish-speaking brown people identify as and make them hispanic okay that works that's how that went about right so we're still babies when it comes to our generational issues. That transferred into being a police officer in DPD. We had a lot of issues that went unnoticed. And then it took a group of Hispanic officers to get together and say, all right, we need to get together. You know, we're the majority here, here in Dallas. We're the majority. We need to get together and we need to we need to fight against people that are oppressing us. And it was a harsh reality that we were facing even in the 90s, right? Mm -hmm. It was the 1990s and we're, we're dealing with those kind of issues still. So they formed together and they've become a great power here in Dallas. And with them, we've been able to do a lot because we still remember where we came from. We're still the sons of immigrants. Most of us are still the sons of illegal immigrants. So a lot of us still have that need to give back to our people. And when I say our people is it's just the oppressed. It's not necessarily Hispanics or just blacks or just whites or just Asians, et cetera. It's anybody who ha who's having a struggle, we want to help you. Okay. Now the name Latino is only in, in, in the name because that's how we were formed and we were formed for a specific reason to fight against a specific group of people. And that's why BPA was formed as well. That's, you know, that's why a lot of these, you know, named associations were formed. And I don't want to get too far away from the point. <laughs> so, so the reasoning behind us being around and them helping me is because we still aren't where we need to be to be at an equal platform. We're still fighting to get to where we feel we should be. And in 2021, we finally had one guy reach the top. It took 200 years for us to have a brown guy up top. You, you see how that looks? You see what I'm saying? So, and, and, and it just, it further proves the point that it took you this long to get us a brown officer up top, right? How much longer will it take to get, you know, an Asian or a Native American or in, in, it goes back to my point that race will stop being an issue when race is no longer an issue. 
So we're still fighting the good fight until we're all at an equal platform. Now, once we're all equal and once we're all at a point where, all right, everybody's satisfied, everybody's good, then we can move on past the names and we could just be officers. We could just be citizens. We could just be people. So they've done a lot and we just, it's just inherent that we have to give back to our people. And like I said, it's the oppressed. It's the people that don't have. It's, you know, the other week when there was a food shortage in West Dallas, a white man out of Arizona saw that and filled up a whole truck full of food and came down to West Dallas, 75212, that doesn't have a single grocery store all up and down Singleton. Well, there's one off of Jefferson, but then once you pass that, where's the next one? There isn't one. So you've got a four to five mile stretch without a single grocery store. You got Pepe's that sells one type of ham, some corn, you know, <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? You got convenience stores, but it, at the end of the day, it's a food desert. And there's a lot of places like that in Dallas, 75216, 75241, out in PG, where there's food deserts. And it's hard for people who have never lived that to see it. Where, and then there's, here we are as an association who just came out of that struggle. We literally just left it last week, you know? <laughs> Just last week, we left that struggle. So we remember what it's like. We still have family and friends inside of that struggle. So we need to give back to our people and we need to do for our people because now we have the means to do it, you know? And just as a whole, you know, you go back to that other point that I made about the grapes and the bushel, you know, you just helping one by one. That's all it takes. You know, you help those guys and you might create a doctor out of that one kid that you plucked out. You might create a lawyer out of that one kid that you plucked out. You never know what you'll pluck out. So we have to give back. It's just, it's it's in our blood, I guess you could say. Sure, and I mean, it sounds like, I mean, you, you've clearly made a difference in yeah. so many people's lives and are going to continue to, mm -hmm. to do it. So you've got, you have more than a few years left in nah, your career yeah. for yeah, sure. I got so solid uh, 20, let's see. <laughs> Still yeah, so young. Something like um, that. But kind of who would be two or three people in your life who've really uh, helped you and really made a difference for you? So, um, I mean, I can, like I said, I mean, I, I kind of a little bit touched on that, you know, I'm going to say, you know, cause this is all race. I, I just, I have to, I, it, it's important to say because it made me who I am. Okay. There's, I'm, I'm not going to name him because I really want to save that story. I want to see how far I get. And then when he retires, cause he's still in the department. Yeah, this the, is the officer, the officer that, that saved me. So you know his name. Yeah, I know who he is. And, I'm, I'm, you know, I've, I've worked with him multiple times and he's, he don't recognize me. He doesn't know. I know who he is, but he don't know who I am. That's remarkable. Yeah. So I'm going to wait to see how far I can get. And for his retirement, so I'm going to talk to him. But hey, man, thank you. Right. So there's that guy. Wow. That's the white officer. Um, there's George Aranda, who's the president of NLEO. Um, That guy right there. I mean, he's... He's helped mold me in terms of how to speak to people, how to navigate, you know, whether it's political aspects or just personal aspects of life and how to really get where I need to be with the least amount of struggle. So there's people like that. There's a guy named Steve Brown. Steve Brown has done a lot for me personally. He's at my house right now. He sent a guy over to go paint it because he's like, like literally right now. It's the brotherhood. Yeah, he, he just he just sent a guy over. He's like, hey man, Sammy's on his way. So I was like, all right, cool. So you know that's Steve Brown. You know we we've made a lot of money together. Whether it's off duties, whether it's you know whether it's putting grass down, whether it's putting doors up. Um, 
is just we're always doing stuff together he's significantly older than me george and steve are both over 50 and they've just kind of took me under their wing and helped me a lot um there's somebody by the name of geraldine white kitty white sergeant kitty white she helped me through some extremely hard times and this was after seven seven had it not been for her seeing what she saw and putting me in a place that i needed to be which is around the soap soap time from child abuse soap um I have no idea where I'd be at today. So she's a pr pretty major in my life because it had it not been for her identifying the problem and addressing it without getting me in trouble. Because there were there's a lot of people out there that would have done that would have gone a different route. Yeah, just you know, send them off to patrol where I had no business being, you know. And she helped me get out of an extremely dark place and helped me there. Um, yeah, I mean, I've got Eddie Reyes who worked with me at, at Community Affairs. Jolie Robinson. Um, Angel Jolie Robinson, she just recently left DPD. And her right there, I've bounced so many ideas off of her. She's like, no, nope, that's not how you do that. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like no, nah, that's not how you do that. Don't do that. I was like, all right, so what do I do? So, and she's helped me navigate stuff too, like how to really get where I need to be, especially like the March, for example. She was a huge supporter of that, so was Eddie Reyes. Eddie Reyes showed me how to be a sergeant. Had it not been for him and his his leadership in terms of how to be a sergeant, how to lead people, I don't know if I'd be as effective as I am today. Um, Jolie Robinson, the just how to treat people that do not believe what you believe. And she's one of the ones that really helped me um, put together that idea kind of that spill that i give you about the grapes and the spill that gets you about the race you know not being a race like because she's one of those people who has a lot of friends that are more to the left but because she works around cops she's able to be she's not way to the left she's not definitely not in the right but she's able to work with us and positively impact people because she's kind of she's very similar to me in the aspect is like well, if you can't beat them, you might as well join them and change it from the inside. And that's kind of a lot of what she did. She believes in the community and how do you how to get cops to change how they are to help the community better. So she's helped me in that. So that's that's probably the most major people. And one of my best friends, um, Jose Rodriguez, J-Rod, you know, I've known him for a long time. But after Patrick passed away in 7-7, him and I have gotten really close. So, you know, we talk all the time, we work all the time. We don't get to see each other often because he's homicide detective and I'm a sergeant. So we only see each other when the the stars align and it's just kind of like, all right, well, let's work off duty. You know, we never really get to hang out because he's always got something going on, I always got something going on. So those are really the biggest players in my DPD career that have kind of gotten me to where I am. So that guy, George Aranda, Steve Brown, Jolie Robinson, Kitty White, Josh, and yeah i mean there, there's there's they're all they've all helped in that's, their own way and that's a lot of remarkable people and that you've I'm, got helping I'm telling you. you they're they're all and I, I wouldn't be nothing had it not been for one of them doing what they did because they all took me out of somewhere i was going up going the wrong way they're like bumpers like oh, wrong way come this way <laughs> and then the next one came up wrong way go that way and they just kind of like i said the rubik's cube it just all kind of just fell in place and just kind of made me what i am now so, so you, you've had a lot of those folks that have been really important to you. What's the most important thing that you've learned so far? Man, <laughs> man, there's, there's been a lot of important stuff. Um, just most important 
is mm, it's realizing the difference between sympathy and empathy and just getting out of you oh, we can't cuss uh, <laughs> getting out of your own head let's, let's say that it's getting out of your own head and being able to listen to everybody's viewpoints because i've i've spoken with so many people that are so far right so far left and just actually sitting down and hearing their points and if you can't sympathize then empathize at the very least understand their points and work towards a better tomorrow that's that's what's most important that is it's probably the most important thing that i've learned just all right i get it now let's move on and fix it you know and you're, you're never going to get anywhere always fighting always fighting so you you really need to sit down and, and, and listen you know don't don't try to one up the other one just listen and and get towards a, something better and it's just like handling these calls you know you go to these calls and there's a dynamic situation and it's really hard to break stuff down for people to get them to understand it. And a lot of times you have to, like, especially cops that are really, they're like cops, right? <laughs> they're like, they wear Oakley's off duty and like they got 5'11 pants off duties. And like, <laughs> bro, you got to take it off, man. Like, chill, relax. And but, your Air Force Ones and your baggy jeans. Yeah. And you can't do that either, man. You got to, it's time to grow up, bro. Not. 15 years i'm not 15 years old no more right? <laughs> it's like, we're adults now right no more designs in my head um but uh you you really need to break it down and a lot of cops you know they got to see you know when you go to a call you listen to both sides and then you kind of meet in the middle and then you make a decision to which way you want to go it's the same thing in life you listen to both sides you bring them in the middle and you make a decision which way you want to go it's the same thing except on a grander scale that's a lot more complex obviously but on the call you do that every single day you know especially like on family violence calls the shooting yesterday that i worked you know you gotta listen to both sides bring in the middle do the right thing go go the right way or at least what you believe is the right way you know as, as long as you you did it in good faith that's a lot more important than just all right whoever who's first let's just go that way like you know you can't just hear the first point like all right they're the one let's go <laughs> So, and that, that's probably the most important thing. Just kind of meet in the middle somewhere and do the right thing. Mm -hmm. All right, so if you could step into my shoes and ask you a question that I haven't asked, what would you ask? Ah, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, what do you want to know? Let's see, I don't know. What do I want to know? What do you want to share? I don't know. I'm, I'm So, <laughs> one of my favorite things that I tell people is, it's not a lie, it's an omission. <laughs> it's like, so so yeah. what have you omitted today? yeah so it's, it's not a lie it's an omission it depends what you ask me right so i'm gonna tell you what you asked me and you know you don't want to give beyond that um there's not there's not much that i can say um what would i ask myself i don't know um i've kind of touched a lot of stuff i don't know i mean one of my favorite points to make is about the race issue and just really you know trying to touch home that we really need to we need to get our stuff together we really do as a department as a citizens as a whole um i don't know um what would you ask me if you were in my shoes <laughs> and i was in your shoes <laughs> let's see i don't know 
All right. So we've talked a fair bit about about race and yeah. that you know racism won't be an issue. It will stop being an issue. issue. It's no longer an issue. Yeah. How do you see that happening? When do you see that happening? That's gonna be a long time from now. That's not gonna. So the first thing we need to do, the very first thing we need to do, is call out everyone's BS. That's the very first thing we need to do. Until we can sit down and say, I'm gonna say left. I'm just gonna say left and right. <laughs> left side, y'all got some terrible points. Right side, y'all have some terrible points. Both of you are equally terrible in your own way. Both of you also have some really good points that are extremely valid that we should implement. The first thing we need to do is call out everybody's BS. First thing. After that, it's it's kind of like a pros and cons list. Like you, it's it's far more complicated than that because there's, man, this is just multifaceted. It's just it's crazy the amount of politics that are behind everything. Um, that's the first thing. Call out everybody's BS and get just try to get everyone to see that both sides need to chill out. Like that's man, y'all just need to chill out, bro. Like y'all y'all are y'all are doing way too much. Um, until we can get that done, then we can start meeting in the middle and really, you know, seeing seeing what what the issue is and how do I? I'm thinking. So I'm gonna work through this analogy because I'm just thinking of it. Um, <clears throat> it's kind of like imagine a married couple um, or just a couple in general. And every day is good. Every day is good, right? But one day, one cheats on the other, right? And then it goes back to good, right? We all know what's going to happen. What happens when you cheat, right? It goes to hell, right? It just, mm -hmm. it's terrible. How do you fix that? You really can't. The only way to fix it is to acknowledging it and working, working through it and maybe we can get better so take that relationship and put that relationship as officer and citizen okay officer treats the citizen good every single day right um one day officer kills a citizen citizen and that and then everything goes back to normal, right? So multiply that times 250 million people, X amount of times that someone has gotten killed. In a relationship, you don't tell your spouse, well, what about all the times I was faithful to you? She's gonna look at you and say, I don't care how many diamonds you bought me, I don't care how good you've been to me, you cheated on me one time. And that one time ruined all of the good that you've done in the last since 1776 right so you take that same ideology and you you place that into people and you've got one side saying well statistically speaking white people get killed less and we answered 2.5 million calls and only 0.0001 percent ends in someone dying but you still kill someone but they still feel some type of way it's like a relationship you can't sit there and spout to me all the good you've done for me because all it took is that one instance of you doing bad to completely ruin everything you've ever done. So the only way to fix it is to meeting in the middle, 
talking it out. I'm sorry for cheating on you. Unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately, policing in general has had far worse than cheating. We've had lynching. We've had murders. We've had recently we had an officer order two hits. We had, you know, we had the cocaine scandal a few years ago. We had the, the gambling scandal a few years ago. Like we it's just always something and it doesn't always have to be just killing it's oppression in general and that is the big issue is we as a society and we as officers like to sit there and say well look at all the good we've done for you meanwhile the spouse the citizen is saying bro look at all the bad you've done too and that 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 fraction of a percentage of bad that you've done that 0.001% is bad enough for us to make songs that are negative about you and have negative stereotypes, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So all that good you've done doesn't mean anything if you don't fix that 0.001% of the fraction that you like to spout to me. And that comes from both sides, right? Now, obviously, sometimes though, you know, the citizen side will say things like, well, screw it. Let's just abolish the whole police system. It's like, no, you, you can't do that either because there's still bad people out there. You know, you know, this United States is inherently more violent, you know, than our brothers and sisters over and, you know, on the other side of the pond. So, yeah, they don't have weapons and they have units that come down with weapons. Unfortunately, the United States doesn't because we have more bullets than we do citizens. So that's just not going to happen. We're not going to get rid of guns. We're not going to do any of that. Let's meet in the middle. Okay, so that's that's really the that's really the only way. Um, yeah, I tried to work through that analogy, but yeah, it's just it's it's a relationship, you know, it, it's a relationship, and we have to sit down and fix it. And the only way to fix it, you know, it's kind of like couples counseling. You just you get together and you hash it out, and it's like, well, you're BS for this, and then the other side, well, you're BS for that. You know, officers got complaints about citizens too. You know, <laughs> you know, like why are you calling me on this like dude take care this is a civil matter and then you just you called me for this really dude like you know we got complaints too you know it's like you know and some of the some of the points that we make are valid and some of the points that citizens make are valid as well and you just really need to listen instead of just trying to overtake the other one and trying to abolish the other one like you just can't do that you just got to live together somehow so yeah <laughs> If you want a time frame on this, maybe now in I don't know, never maybe. <laughs> well, <laughs> some, but we, some, can, some we can all work toward it. Yeah, sometime between now and forever. I don't know. It's, it's somewhere in between there, you know. It'll definitely between be between now and forever. You know, somewhere between now and forever, you know. But <laughs> you know, it's it's whenever that happens, you know, whenever that happens, you know, it's just kind of one step at a time. You know, everybody will get their wins. Everybody will get their new legislation and their new amendment and you know whatever you know as long as everybody's happy in some aspect you know no one's ever going to be happy you know but at least meet in the middle you know so it's a relationship you know you go out to eat mom wants mexican dad wants steak all right well let's go a place that serves mexican and steak i don't know or you can they, just go get barbecue or you can just get barbecue you see what i'm saying like yeah yeah i mean like you just you know, go to dickie's or just yeah or, or go to go to dickie's barbecue right? there you go go to dickie's barbecue they, they, they got this new sandwich out there that has cheddar on it and stuff it's really good oh are you, <laughs> you like our spicy, our spicy yeah. brisket sandwich yeah there you go that's with the, the one with the chili yeah. cheddar it's yeah delicious. that's the one yeah 
You see? You see, I know these things. I know these funny. things. At the end of our interviews, we always like to flip it over to Dickies and you transition yeah. beautifully. Oh, yeah, you like so, that. So I've got to ask you, what's your favorite Dickies meat and favorite Dickies side? Okay, so I like brisket. I like brisket without the fat. So, but I also like the burnt side of the brisket. You know what I'm talking about? What? I don't know burnt what it's called. Burnt ends. Is that what it's called? It's called burnt ends. Okay, well, I like burnt ends, okay. but without the fat. <laughs> um, so that, I like brisket, burnt ends, and I, I've never, I guess I've never really knew that, to be honest with you. You can order them. <laughs> so now I know, but I always just say, make it lean, but give me the burnt part. <laughs> and, but they always speak, they always speak, uh, they always speak Spanish. It's, okay. it's usually, it's usually Mexican cooks in the back. Oh yeah, dame el, el quemadito, el quemadito ahí, lo que está ahí. That's the burnt part, dame el quemadito, give me the burnt part. So now I know it's burnt ends. Um, and the, the beans. All right. The beans go hard, yeah. All right, the now we, we go into our lightning round. I'm going to give you two choices <laughs> and you get to pick one. All right, all right. now all this right. this one I'm curious about. Barbecue beans or jalapeno beans? Jalapeno beans. Sweet or unsweet tea? Sweet, all day. <laughs> Chopped brisket or sliced brisket? What's the difference? Wait, <laughs> like, wait, what's the difference? Okay, so the sliced is gonna be the long slices yeah. and chopped is when it gets all chopped up like for a chopped beef sandwich. Which one has the burnt on it? I mean, they could both have it worked in. Whichever one has the burnt on it is okay. the one I'm taking. Okay, it's all about the burnt. You're like, none of the above, burnt yeah. ends. Yeah, the burnt ends, yeah. <laughs> all right, sauce or no sauce? Sauce all day. Uh, brisket or pulled pork? Brisket. All right, and this one, ribs or wings? Neither. I don't. So, random fact about me. Hold on, wait, let's time out. <laughs> I have this thing against bones. I don't eat anything bone-in. If you serve me something with bone-in, I'm gonna look at you and say, so where's the boneless or who's taking the bone out? <laughs> So that one's going to be a uh, the boneless side of either one. That's going to yeah. be a pass on Roger Wings. Well, thank yeah. you so much. My guest today has been Sergeant Arturo Martinez with the Dallas Police Department. We've so enjoyed our conversation and I getting to visit it. with you. And thank you so much for our time. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Everybody, make sure you go to Diggy's. Get you some barbecue. Get you that cheddar sandwich. And the burnt ends. And the burnt ends. <laughs> if not lo quemadito, it's the burnt ends. <laughs> Thanks so much for tuning in this week. It was great that we could share our stories with you. If you want more information about the Dickey Foundation, feel free to visit thedickeyfoundation.org. And if you want more information about some of our great owners and the great stories they're doing, please visit dickies.com. We look forward to seeing you next week where we'll continue sharing the good stories of good people doing good things in our community.